0: This is Victoria Stapleton, Director of School and Library Marketing at Little Brown Books for Young Readers, and I'm super excited about this episode of the Little Brown School podcast because it features Pat Zietlow Miller, author of the Zolotow Award honor book Sophie Squash, a book so lovely and charming it redeemed squash as a food for me. Yes, it was another of my childhood food traumas. But Pat has a wonderful gift for conveying charm and Quiet Moments of Love and Friendship and Joy. Her book on the Little Brown Books for Young Readers list is Wherever You Go, illustrated by Eliza Wheeler. This book has received a starred review from Publishers Weekly, which called it Joyful, and I totally agree, and from Kirkus, which is a very hard star to get. Kirkus said, children, thanks to captivating artwork and rhyme, will want nothing more than to ride these handlebars bouncing and merry. Thank you, Pat, for joining us, and welcome. I'm so excited to speak to you today, uh, but first, can you tell us a little bit about Wherever You Go?
1: Wherever You Go is a book that I wrote when I knew my daughter was going to be graduating from high school, and it contains all of the well wishes and hope that I want to send her off into the world with.
0: It is It is indeed a lovely, wonderful book, and I think it's such a tribute to your daughter that she inspired such a wonderful piece of work.
1: Well, my first book was dedicated to my younger daughter, who actually did fall in love with a squash, and so I, just to make things even, I had to have a second book that you know was for my other daughter, otherwise they'd say I was playing favorites, but uh, she is a wonderful kid, and I'm sure she'll.
0: Now I have shades of my mother saying I have to have one for you and one for you and one for you to myself and my, (laughs) and my, uh, my two sisters, but never, uh, never was the one for me a book. So this is quite, this is quite a gift. Uh, so congratulations to her for that.
1: Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's been a really fun family thing. My husband says the next book has to be his. Uh, I,
0: I think, I think he would be right. I think he would would be right. So... Let's start with the road trip. I remember from childhood many road trips uh, with my family uh, in all seasons of the year. Uh, I remember many summers when I was crammed in the back of a very hot station wagon, and sometimes that was a full-size station wagon, and sometimes that was not a full-size station wagon. Uh, I also remember uh, several very uh, epic uh, road trips, one of which was a cross-country car delivery journey with my mother, Um, and I think we understand now that as an adult, I drive and she rides, but what is the allure of going on a long journey?
1: Well, it's funny, because I have a lot of similar childhood memories. Uh, My parents were big on throwing all the kids in the car and, and driving up north in Wisconsin and going camping, and to this day, I despise camping. of your routine. You know, even if you live in the most cool place around, if you sit every day and you do the same things every day, it loses its appeal. And when you go someplace else and experience something new, you see everything with fresh eyes. And I think you can bring some of that back with you when you come back home, which is a really cool thing.
0: I wonder now, Pat, if you and I are not secretly twins, because I loathe camping. <laughs> camping, I think
1: it's a good thing for parents to do with kids because it's cheap and it lets the kids run around outside but oh, I used to just dread it um, and to this day I've never once taken my children camping So, and I have one daughter ironically who chooses to go to summer camps where they do go, go camping but um, yeah it wasn't going to be anything I introduced her to no Ugh. No. But I- I- then that's really not where I want
0: to be. Yes, we, we really are secretly twin sisters because if there is not a running water and porcelain mod cons, I am not interested. But I love your point about the new beginnings and changing of perspective because that's one of the things I've always enjoyed about a good long road trip.
1: When you're flying over things, it's almost impossible to, like I used to look, look down and go, what are people doing down there? You know, what, What's going on? like about Eliza Wheeler's artwork in the book is that you look at all the different scenes that she's created and you wonder like who's living in that house and what are they doing and what's their life like? You can find so much in her artwork. That it, is just amazing.
0: The artwork is truly genius. Um, one of the things I like about the book is the immediacy of the experience and the gathering of friends that, that your main character um uh, experiences during the course of the book. I wonder, do the friends really come home with the rabbit, or are those memories, very vivid memories? I
1: think it's the memories. Like, when you, when you look at the art, he starts out alone, he picks up the little owl on the way, and they go along, and then as each spread goes by, they pick up more and more friends, and then in the end it's sort of in reverse. They each, they've, they've made all these wonderful memories together, and then they each go back off to their own home, and at the end it's the rabbit coming home again. So it really comes full circle, but he's got all those friends and all those memories, and you never lose that when you travel.
0: Now, a lot of what we've been talking about is communicated by the art that Eliza Wheeler did, but how do you communicate this sense of changing perspective and and the importance of these memories through your story, through the words of your story?
1: Well, when I was writing the story, you know, because you never know what the art's going to look like as a writer when you're just writing the picture book text. I mean... I have no idea what the well first of all if it'll even sell and then if it does sell what the illustrator will choose to do with it so i was just trying to think what are different things that roads do do they bend do they climb do they turn and then how do those compare to milestones that that can happen in your life like when when roads merge and become one when i wrote that i was thinking that could be getting married it could be making friends it could be just joining a group um and so i was trying to like make all the different things roads do be a parallel for like different steps in, in someone's life. And it was really fun to see then how Eliza took that and added so much more to it.
0: And yet, I am reminded of the immortal words of Buckaroo Banzai uh, from one of my favorite movies of all times, starring the, the truly divine Peter Weller no matter where you go, there you are. So, this is true. what do you think your character brought to the travel that's enduring? and stands the test of the changes and perspective and the new friends.
1: I think what the character brought is a sense of adventure and a sense of openness to everything the world has to offer. I think some people, and I can occasionally be this way myself, are very happy at home where it's safe and warm and quiet and you're in control of everything. So to go on a journey and open your door and step out and, and take on the world, you have to have that sense of adventure and excitement and curiosity. And I think if you approach any journey in life with that, you're going to attract people and attract friends. And, you know, you might have some bumps along the way, but you're going to come out better for it at the end. And then just going back to my daughter in college, that's kind of what I hope for her, that she'll know that there's a wonderful journey and world out there. And even if things don't go exactly the way you planned, you can get up, keep going, and still end up where you want to be.
0: I like the idea of uh, the virtues of surprise that your book is communicating uh, through the text. Um, This leads me to wonder, Pat, we know how you feel about camping and you are right. You are right. Uh, Is there a special trip in your memory that you would like to
1: share? Well, the one that comes to mind is is I have two daughters and um, they're both adapted from China. They were adapted four years apart and, um, so I've made two trips to China to meet them and, and then bring them home with me. And China is probably somewhere that on my own I would never have said, hmm, I think I'll take a vacation in China. But going there twice um, has been so memorable. And we were in two different parts of China. And it exposed me to things that I've never experienced before. And then again, you come home, and I think you appreciate some of the things you, you have at home. Like like you can drink water straight out of the faucet in my house, but not so much in parts of China. But then you also bring back all the wonderful things from the places that you were that make you a better, more well-rounded person. And so obviously, you know, meeting my daughters was a wonderful part of that trip, but just everything else we did there too, we toured temples and just saw wonderful scenery and and met wonderful, wonderful people. So uh, those two trips are very memorable.
0: Now your books have, you've been very lucky in your illustrator. Sophie squash is, is physically a gorgeous book. Um, but your writing has a beautiful read-aloud quality. Uh, Does reading-aloud play a process in your writing?
1: I read everything out loud. Um, I usually wait till I've got a pretty good first draft, um, and then I'll read it out loud, and I do a ton of tweaking as I go along because I'm listening for how does it flow, and then I'm looking a lot for word choice. Um, Like there's a line in Wherever You Go where they're talking about roads, and it says, bringing you closer away, And I think initially I had something like bringing you closer than turning away, you know, which would have worked, but the double C sound, when you read it out loud, you say, okay, a word with a C would sound a lot better there. And so turning became curving. Um, usually I do it, and then my cats look at me kind of oddly, like, why are you just sitting there talking to yourself? Um, and occasionally my family's upstairs, and someone will yell down, what are you doing? <laughs> you think they would have figured it out by now, but <laughs> not always. <laughs> it really helps.
0: I, I totally agree I am known uh, for writing things by actually by saying them out loud before I read them so I'm always fascinated by the process of of books that have an especially good mouthfeel to them which leads me to this odd question what is your favorite word to say
1: oh boy okay I've got two <laughs> and I, I, I started about this when I read Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert, because she talks about her favorite word in Italian, and that got me thinking, well, what's my favorite word? Um, I think bassoon is a really wonderful word to say. I don't play one. I just think it's a great word, and I think the word litigious is a great word. Not that I, I want to be litigious or have anyone sue me, but it's just it's a fun word to say. Oh,
0: well, I'm going to try both of these now. Litigious. And bassoon. Bassoon. Oh, I do like that. Oh. I think I may need to take up litigious uh, as as a practice word to sort of find the meat and the bones in that word of, of of how you can play with it. I too have a favorite word, but it is not shareable on the podcast. Oh dear! Um, but uh, and I think many people can guess what it is. But one of the reasons why I like it is it it has a nice it has a nice sibilant sound to it. It has a nice vowel that's extremely flexible. And, and it ends well, and the, and I don't like it so much for what it means. I like it because there's so many ways to pronounce it and to put expressiveness in it, and I think that's one of the things I like about your writing is that your books respond to different tones of reading. Do you practice with tone?
1: I do. I read it out loud a lot of different ways, and, and words are just I love words. They just—they, I totally geek out over words, and I love looking at them and saying, "What's the best possible way that you can say this?" And you can think you have it, you can be pretty sure you have it, and then two days go by and you read it again and you're like, "No, no, no, I can do better." Um, and so to me, it's just—it's—it's it's fun and a challenge and a game. And if you try reading it in different tones, you can really, you know, make it the best it can be. And sometimes I'll give my my works in progress to somebody I know and say, read this out loud. And then I'll listen to how they read it, which is usually different than how I read it. But you can learn from that, too. Because it really should be something anybody should be able to take up and read in a a very similar way if you did it right. And so listening to other people read it is very helpful, too.
0: Oh, I love the idea of that. Do you um, ever read aloud your works in progress to children?
1: go into a school and read aloud works in progress but my youngest daughter is kind of a word geek too she's she's just hilarious so a lot of times I'll read out loud to her or or I will have her read it out loud Uh, she's 13 and she still loves picture books which is great and so she gives me a lot of good feedback too
0: oh that's lovely I like the idea of that I know I have uh, some some writer friends they they don't have children themselves but they'll usually take captive friends children (laughs) And do that sort of thing. What do you think? What do you think?
1: Well, Pat, what are you working on next? Oh, boy. I mean, do you want to know what is in progress, or do you want to know what's coming out next?
0: I want to know what's in progress.
1: What's in progress is I just wrote, and I'm I'm still in the rapture of the deep. I might look at it tomorrow and, and, and change my mind, but I wrote something I'm very happy with. It's a picture book draft, and it's all about being brave. Because I think children today, children probably for all time, to be brave a lot you know their parents are always saying oh come on just do it just do it you don't need to be scared of that you you know we really expect a lot out of, of young children to just be brave and so I wrote a picture book text about what it means to be brave and I'm really hopeful that it will find a home and do well
0: well Pat thank you so much for being with us today I hope that book finds a home as well because that sounds that sounds like a I don't I almost said a worthy book but I don't I don't think I want to use that word. I think that sounds like a, a, an important book. Thank you, um, I hope so too. Pat. I do love your writing, and I'm so happy you're on the Little Brown list. And I hope that this is that something. This is something we can say to each other for many years to come.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you for looking at wherever you go, and um, it's been a pleasure talking to
0: you, everyone. This has been Victoria Stapleton, Director of School and Library Marketing, with the truly delightful Pat Setlow Miller author of Wherever You Go, which will be soon on bookstands if it isn't already. And you should totally order this book, buy this book, check this book out of the library, and read this book both silently and aloud with adults and children to yourself. Thank you. We'll see you next time.